This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Go there. Start now. Hello, happy Wednesday. We made it to the middle of the week. Oh my God. Remember when you used to say uh, the belly button of the week? Yup. Hated it. But you now bring always it up. Bring this it is up. the best way it's for true. now to get someone to bring up something they hate. Just stop doing it, and they'll always bring it up. That's true. Wow, was that your plan? You psychology. Yes. <laughs> Shira and her belly button. <laughs> I got ya. It's so weird. Um, but no, I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited that this week is kind of almost over. It just feels like, girl, it's been Monday forever. I feel like we say this every week. Like I know. I'm over it. I'm over it. <laughs> this is me just having a rogue moment. I'm over it. No, I'm just joking. But it's it's been really, I think Pride Month of all months yeah, are Definitely. like a lot. And I think at any other moment, it would be fine. But Pride Month, honey, is exhausting. My bank account is tired. Your bank account? Yes, because I've been going out. Oh. I've been spending. I thought a- you've also been making money. Yeah, I have. But also that money's been going out the window. <laughs> You know, it takes a lot. Outfits, putting yourself together. Uh, You gotta look cute. Exactly. She's Louise. Well, hopefully you're taking uh, some time to yourself during Pride Month, getting some self-care in, or Mm -hmm. at least prepping for that when the end of the month comes, because I know you will deserve a vacation. Yes, we all do. My birthday's next month, so everyone better be um, planning something (laughs) special for me, all you listeners out there. Just saying. Ryan is needy. I need gifts. Now you know what I deal with it's, every day. We've been three years on the radio. I, it's about time. I, <laughs> Come on. It, where's the gift bags? Where's the swag? Where's our P.O. box? Thank you. Okay, coming up uh, today, so exciting, we have a leader in the LGBTQ space, Jalen McKee Rodriguez, Texas's first black gay lawmaker ever elected to office, joins us. Okay. Yeah, plus we've got updates on Britney Spears' conservative tership. <laughs> the conservative ship. <laughs> Such a weird word. Conservatorship. That is coming up in the T-Report. Yes, it is. But first, let's get into some what's trending this hour. As the Biden administration continues to deal with the crisis at the border, Republicans have also criticized Vice President Kamala Harris for her failure to visit the border. But that has now changed. Harris will visit El Paso, Texas on Friday and will be accompanied by Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. And this is causing many to wonder whether she made the decision because she found out Trump was paying a visit next week. Uh, well, as a part of her assignment, she has, of course, hosted a number of bilateral engagements. She's visited uh, the Northern Triangle. 
she's uh, taken, made a number of announcements about how to address root causes that she go was going to assess with the Department of Homeland Security and with the administration when it was the appropriate time to go. And I will note that we're at this point in part because we've made a great deal of progress. Uh, and if you look just to a couple of months ago when 6,000 children were in Border Patrol facilities, we're now at the point where there's far less than 1,000. If you look to just a couple of months ago when there were children who were waiting in Border Patrol facilities for more than 100 hours and they were certainly overcrowded, uh, now it's less than 30 hours. In April, there were 22,000 kids in HHS facilities and now that number is 14,000. Is there still more work to do? Absolutely. That's the purview of Secretary Mayorkas, but it's important Every component of our government is coordinated. And that was, that was Press Secretary Jen Zaki laying it down. Together, oh, yeah. Now, as of June 15th, over 26 percent of the western U.S. is experiencing exceptional drought, which is what the U.S. National Drought Monitor considers the most intense level of dryness. And nearly 98 percent of the West is seeing some level of drought. This is very concerning, by the way. The latest weather reports are only adding to both short and long-term concerns about dryness. It could cause national forests, parks, and other public lands to close. I just, you know one thing I hope? Mm. I just hope, like, I am dead by the time, like, the world starts to die. I really do, because I don't want to be alive hiding in huts, trying to, like, not get sunburned or burnt to death because the climate, like, the sun is overwhelming or floods, you know, drowning, like, all these things. I'm just like, girl, please let me be as far deep into the ground as possible so I don't have to deal with this. And I don't, it makes me not want to have kids. I don't want my kids or, like, the legacy of family to have to deal with that. That's crazy. That is, that's true. Polar bears aren't even living at the Arctic anymore. I mean, let's not get into the polar bears. We don't want to trigger everyone right now. I'm triggered by that. That's too much. Well, you might be triggered by this. You know, California is already beginning to cut off water supplies to farmers and other folks in the Central Valley and Russian River watershed. So, yeah, you might be told to watch your water use. And, you know, in the past, it went as far as, like, telling people not to get car washes you maybe had to take a certain amount of showers. You might not be able to shower enough. Ugh, imagine everybody smelling like a Game okay. of Thrones episode. Well, that was what's trending this hour. What's happening oh in entertainment. God, I almost got sick to my right. stomach. Imagine everybody smelling like, I don't know, Jon Snow. Anyway, let's talk about Britney Spears and her conservatorship because the day is the day. She's going to court. She's actually talking. She's about to hit the uh, the court stand or whatever you call it in a few minutes. Uh, it's time for your tea report. <laughs> Time for your tea report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. According to sources, Britney Spears is 100% prepared to address the Los Angeles court directly um, in a, just a few minutes, actually, because I think it's 4.30 Pacific Eastern time. When is that? That's like literally 4:30 now. 4.30 Pacific? Yeah, Eastern. Or Eastern. Oh, no, Eastern. that means uh, 1.30. Oh, wow, she already hit the stage. Okay, anyway. Um, well, Brittany is, um, she's expected to speak. She's already kind of probably spoken, even though CNN said that she's doing it. It was like 30 minutes ago where they said she hasn't done it yet. Um, but... Yeah, she's expected to say everything she needs to say. A, a source says she's confident that she will have done everything in her power to regain her autonomy. She is done. Uh, she is doing this with complete support from her boyfriend. He has stood by her throughout. Um, she's been looking forward to this day for a very long time. Um, also, really interesting side note: the New York Times reported that Jamie Spears, Britney Spears' father and conservator, is living in an RV parked at a warehouse in Louisiana. Living that RV life. I heard it's trending. In Louisiana. But he's he's making, here's the kicker. Why is he living in an RV when he's making $16,000 a month in salary? 
Makes that's still no happening? sense. Yes, no, it's still happening. That's the whole reason why. Because he's getting all this money from her, and he's living in an RV. What is it? What's going on with the? Fa- what? a glam RV. I don't know. I just want Britney Spears, free Britney. She deserves. Um, and I, I don't want her to go through all of this drama. Uh, coming up next hour, I'll let you know what she had to say because it's going to be updated. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying. Okay. Next up, how a teenager's case against her high school over a Snapchat made its way to the Supreme Court. Lambda Legal joins us to share more next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. The case involving a 14-year-old high school student who was suspended from the school's cheerleading team over a Snapchat has gotten national attention. And today, the Supreme Court sided with the teen. Here to share more is Lambda Legal Counsel and student rights strategist Paul Castillo. Thanks for being here with us. Thank you for having me. So why did Lambda Legal want to get involved with this? It seems like a innocent moment, right? And I feel like it's happened probably in the past, but why did it get to this level where it hit the Supreme Court and you all got involved? Well, it was important for Lambda Legal to partner with our our sister organizations, the National Women's Law Center and the Lawyers Committee to emphasize to the court um, that their decision has a tremendous impact on students, particularly historically marginalized students, and that includes LGBTQ students who are disproportionately harmed, uh, harassed, and bullied due to their sexual orientation and gender identity. And so while on its face, this was about free speech and free speech off campus, um, the question gave the Supreme Court an opportunity to re-emphasize the free speech rights of students off campus to be able to protest, to be able to advocate for non-discrimination policies, uh, to be free who they are off campus. Um, But we did not want the court to shut the door um, and um, give a message to schools that they are prohibited from addressing real harassment that causes severe harm to LGBTQ students. Yeah, let's back it up a little bit. Can you actually break down this case and like what is going on? Like what started it all? So this case involved uh, a high school student who did not make uh, the cheerleading team. And uh, in a moment of frustration um, off campus on her personal cell phone um, on the weekend had posted a snap that included a picture of her and her friend um, uh, with a a middle finger and uh, the with some colorful language, let's just say, dropping the F-bomb about you know, the school and cheerleading. And when she returned to school, she was suspended from a participation in cheerleading for a year. And that really spoke to um, the school's ability, especially as uh, youth are online, um, you know, 24-7 posting and chatting and texting, you know, are schools uh, allowed to discipline students for their off-campus speech um, that make their way back to uh, the school? And the Supreme Court today unambiguously backed the student and students' rights for free speech and free expression when they happen off-campus, but at the same time reminded everybody that 
in a narrow circumstance of cases highlighting particularly harassment and bullying that this does not close the door from you know a federal laws that require um, schools to investigate complaints of harassment and bullying. So we think this is a big win for LGBTQ students. Um, their speech is not going to be suppressed. Um, and coming out speech has been a big part of our movement to, to come out and to be who you are. And we think this is a big win for both speech and also making sure that there's safe and non-discriminatory schools. Yeah, which is obviously very important. So what does that mean moving forward? You know, if X happens or someone does X, they will be protected. Can you explain how, you know, the implications of this decision? Yes. So it means that uh, a school cannot um, overreach to um, um, censor student speech or student protest or to advocate off school grounds for non-discrimination policies that they want you know, the school to implement. Um, and so a lot of that advocacy and speech that students do off campus is still protected. Okay. Um, it also means that um, with respect to um, the school's responsibility, um, they also um, can't hide behind this Supreme Court decision to disregard complaints that of harassment or bullying that, you know, have happened both on and off campus, as it generally happens, mm-hmm. um, you know, in a student's life. They can't use the Supreme Court to say, well, it happened off campus. You know, I, there's nothing we can do about it. Well, that's not what the Supreme Court did said here. I do wonder, um, I think about students who could say that, you know, racial slurs and, and homophobic slurs fall under free speech. Like, have we thought about that if something happens? Because there's plenty of times that we can look, at, especially on social media, where there's been moments where students are on Snapchat in blackface or students are on Snapchat saying awful things off campus and off out of school, but there's no repercussions. And so I, I wonder what that looks like in the balance on the other side of things. Well, and that's absolutely right. And the Supreme Court did not get into into any specific factual circumstances. What it did is it gave some sort of factors that a school might consider in determining. So one of the things that it said was is is that they schools can still continue to address, you know, severe harassment and bullying, but it declined to say what that standard means in any specific context or terms. Um, so what is, you know, what is the age of the student? Did it target a particular student? Um, how often did it happen? Those are things that um, have not been answered because there are so many factual contexts that the court hesitated to get in. And I think you will still see some confusion in, in schools um, to be able to, um, you know, talk to their lawyers about um, what does that mean with respect to certain off-campus speech that is, in fact, you know, um, racially de- derogatory, but is also creating um, uh, harm to the students yeah. and, and interferes with their education activities when they come to school. Well, thank you so much for your work and for being here. That was Paul Castillo, Lambda Legal Counsel and Students Rights Strategist. Have a great day. Thank you for having me. Coming up on the show, the COVID Delta variant continues to make its way throughout the U.S. Dr. Fauci's latest update and what it all means next.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable, fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation, find your next credit card, or loan for a big purchase, and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Dr. Fauci is speaking out about the Delta variant, sharing that it accounts for 20% of new cases and will be dominant um, in terms of a COVID variant in the U.S. in coming weeks. Dr. Jason Bowling is with us from the University of Texas Health Science Center at San Antonio. And uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So basically, should we be worried? Oh, hell yeah, it sounds like. But I'm going to let the doctor speak. <laughs> well, no, I, I agree with that. I, I think we should be concerned. This variant is really the most transmissible version of SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19 to date so far. Looks like it's about 40 to 60 percent more transmissible than the current strain that's predominant in the United States. So definitely something to be concerned about. Okay, so first of all, I got to say, I really like your voice. Second of all, um, I am concerned in the sense of I'm vaccinated, but is that enough? Is there a possibility that even though, you know, folks are vaccinated, there's a we could be still having to deal with this variant in a way? Yeah, so that's a great question. So the good news is we have information from the United Kingdom where this Delta variant accounts for about 95% of their cases. And the reassuring part is that people that are fully vaccinated, the Pfizer vaccine still protects about 96% against hospitalization, so more severe cases. So people that are fully vaccinated appear to be protected. The big area of concern is people that are only partially vaccinated um, or haven't received any vaccine at all. Even if they've had prior infection, they're still at risk for getting infected with this new version of this new variant. Okay, so what can we learn about how other countries have handled this and and will the U.S. be implementing any of that? Well, we're really looking at U.K. because they they we've kind of followed them with that U.K. variant, which is now the existing you know predominant variant here. It's getting replaced by this Delta variant. They went through this process already. And what they really showed was that people that were fully vaccinated were protected, but people that were less vaccinated are still at risk. And we're seeing that here in the United States, areas where there's less vaccinated 
people, uh, we're seeing more activity there. And that's where we're seeing more of these cases of this Delta variant. Over the past two weeks, it's gone from about 9% of isolates to about 20%. So it's doubled in about two weeks, which is really concerning for it continuing to increase over the next few weeks. Well, it feels like we finally got to a place where it's not, there's not urgency that's surrounding everything anymore because states are opening back up. Los Angeles, literally, California just opened back up saying no mask. So it feels like, you know, the state on the local side, they're kind of going back to normal. Should we be reeling back in? You know, is there a possibility for a future quarantine? Right. So I, I think that is a great point. And so obviously we want to open things up and get back to some more normalcy, but we really need to get more people vaccinated. And so for those people that have been on the fence or hesitant, we really need to push to get them vaccinated so that we can continue to remain open and not have to kind of take a step back to where we were before. So are experts, healthcare professionals like you, concerned at all? Do you think this is going to you know, really come as a surprise because we're talking about it, but I feel like we're not actually facing it right now. Yeah, I I think that's a great question. And I I think the issue that we're running into here is that a lot of the areas where we're not seeing vaccination are in younger people, um, people in the age of 18 to 26. Um, and, And so really we need to convince people that are younger, that are healthier, that may not have health problems, but are more likely to be moving around and going to larger group events. Um, that are going to be exposed, that they need to get vaccinated. Many of them may not have you know, primary care doctors since they're younger and don't have health problems, but they're more likely to respond to vaccine. So we need to figure out ways that we can convince younger people that it's in their best interest to get vaccinated so they can continue to go out and enjoy activities like we used to do prior to this pandemic. Well, it feels like vaccine hesitancy is kind of here to stay. It, it feels like right now it has us in such a hold, in half this country in such a hold, that some people are okay with vaccination and are vaccinated and other Others are just not, especially specifically in red states. So how do we tackle vaccine hesitancy? Right. So that's a great question. I wish I had the best answer to that. I think, you know, it requires kind of ongoing conversations. I think providing information like you're doing right now through your program. Um, You know, I think once it becomes fully approved, a lot of schools are looking at mandating the vaccine as another way to convince people that maybe they're just not doing it because of convenience purposes. But if they are required to do it to go to school, that can get another group of people vaccinated as well. Um, I think some health hospitals are looking at doing that for their providers and other facilities where they have high risk, you know, customers or employees may need to look at really requiring vaccination to try and get past some of the issue that you we have with vaccine hesitancy, which I agree is an ongoing issue. Well, thank you so much for being here. Uh, that was Dr. Jason Bowling from the University of Texas at San Antonio. Have a great rest of your day. Shout out to Texas. Yeah. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Have a good <laughs> afternoon. You too. Now coming up, Netflix has this wild new dating series, Sexy Beasts, and um, it's taking blind dating to the next level, and it has to be the weirdest concept for a show I've ever seen. Yeah, it's pretty weird. We'll tell you why next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. So there's a new Netflix dating series. It's called Sexy Beasts. Basically, it's like if The Masked Singer and Blind Dating had a baby they would become this. Like, what's it called? The blind, uh, love is blind? Yeah. So basically... No, it's not like love is blind. Well, it's just like a blind dating situation. But basically what happens, it's strange. They have to have masks on. And these are not just like... Some of them are masks you just like throw over your head or they're like intense makeup situations. And they date with their masked face to see if they really are into each other. So we're going to play 
some of the trailer. Okay. We can. Here we go. I mean, you won't see it, but just imagine them talking like a panda and a dolphin talking. Well, it's a scarecrow and a dolphin. Yeah, whatever you get it. Here we go. I'm married. I want to have babies. Before I'm like 26, do you have health insurance? Welcome to the strangest blind date ever. Hey, how you doing? Damn. How are you doing? <laughs> Could you fall in love with someone based on personality alone? What is your ideal woman? Personality for me is everything. Ash first, personality second. You're the best looking devil I've ever seen. This is really weird right now. <laughs> Would you count this as a weird experience for you? Cheers. Uh, so, I like your fin. <laughs> so to be clear, they have it on their faces. Like their body's still showing. You could see that they're they have a good body at least. Yeah, it's like prosthetics. If you on their face. Yes. So <laughs> I'm just making sure people know their bodies aren't covered. You're doing the worst job at explaining this. Show. It's a strange show. I mean, literally, I was sitting it's there. Just if you're wa- imagine if you're what? watching some like sci-fi film and it's like Star Wars and a characters from Star Wars or Star Trek and they have those fins on their faces and the prosthetics of like creatures everyone's dressed up as creatures you can't actually see their real identity and they're going on these blind dates and then they reveal to each other if they choose like whoever they want and then you know you get to see the person's real face once all that weird makeup is so people are literally walking in public as i don't know a rhinoceros and um a scarecrow like i said earlier so it's really intense it is I have a few questions. Like, one, what kind of drugs was someone on when they created this show? Uh, what kind ones. of drugs do you need to be on to watch the show? Good ones. <laughs> and it's like, ones. have we got Steve to a new low in terms of reality TV? Well, I mean, to be honest, I think this is the type of show that you don't see. Like, you, I, everyone, when I first thought about it. <laughs> you don't see it because it's so out there. No, but you do see it in a way of Mass Singer. Mass Singer is really interesting. I where, don't get it. That show. How don't you get it? It's I really mean, interesting. I, if you do watch it, it's actually pretty interesting. And it's, like, funny to find out. Yeah. Most of the time, you know who the artist's voice is because we're not stupid. But, like, I think people didn't think that show would work out, and it's a whole phenomenon. And so, like, this might be the next big thing. I get it. It's, like, strange to see people, you know, wearing masks and weird outfits and you're not knowing who they are. It's just strange yeah. to me like to think like I'm going to spend like hours of my life consuming this it's entertainment a, It's not content. about the outfits. It's about can you connect with people without knowing what they actually look like. When you see their body. So if someone's an ass person, they're going to see the ass. That's what they're going to pay attention to anyway. <laughs> true, true. But I, I also think, you know, like the face matters. <laughs> yeah. And then in it, they're like making out and it's like they're kissing each other's prosthetics. It's so Some people are falling weird. in love from this trailer. You should I mean, check look, it out. Love is love. And I'm happy people are you falling are in love. You are judging them. This uh, is somebody's this is kink. I... Oh, then I feel bad. Then yeah, Well, you should true. feel I bad in the I beginning. I think about it. You know, Sarah's been very problematic today. <laughs> Off air, she's been very problematic, but we're not going to go into I it. didn't think <laughs> about the king side of it, and it's true. The I'm just furries, saying. The furries and the uh, real community. prosthetic community, you know. Wow. We should wrap this up <laughs> It's just awkward. You watch the trailer, it. you watch the show. You'll see her and watch the show. I mean, it is weird. I'm not, I'm not, I can't Yeah, acting like I'm weird. crazy and saying this. But it is, it's cute. I, I think it's funny. I think I'm going to watch it. Sexy Beast. I, w- I would love for you to participate in one of these dating shows. No. It needs to happen. I'm not putting nothing on my face. That feels a little claustrophobic. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how someone could be doing that. But I would do a Love is Blind, things. like, you know, through technology. Yes, please. Some, can you audition? Circle. 
Something like that, you know? I don't know. Okay, let us know what you think of this new dating concept. At LGT Show is where you can find us on social media. Coming up, how Joe Biden is congratulating athletes who came out this week. That's next on What's Trending This Hour. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. All right, coming up, Britney Spears is speaking out. What she had to share about her conservatorship that's coming up. We got a clip. We found a clip. It is intense. Uh, Plus, more on a special trauma therapy called EMDR that is in 15 minutes, which is actually really interesting. Stick around for that. But first, let's get into some what's trending this hour. President Biden said protecting Americans from violence is a bipartisan issue. He shared uh, this. We have an opportunity to come together now as Democrats and Republicans, as fellow Americans, to fulfill the first responsibility of government and our democracy to keep each other safe. He added that means Congress will pass sensible gun violence initiatives, background checks, ban on assault weapons, liability for gun manufacturers and the woman or the Violence Against Women Act. Now, the International Olympic Committee and Japanese officials are adamant that beginning July 23rd, they can host the Games not only safely, but successfully. Uh, But critics are still questioning whether organizers have prioritized the sports over public health or whether they want to avoid the financial losses of cancellation. So a lot of headlines are coming out that this upcoming Olympics, the Summer Olympics, is going to be not fun for fans or for athletes right now. We'll see what happens. And finally, it has been a big week for athletes coming out. Kumi Yokoyama, a professional soccer player who has played in Japan, Germany, and the United States, came out as a transgender man. And in an Instagram post, Carl Nassib came out as gay and is now going to become the first athlete to play in a professional game in the NFL while publicly out. In a tweet yesterday evening, President Biden said this to Carl and Kumi, two prominent inspiring athletes who came out this week. I'm so proud of your courage because of you. Countless kids around the world are seeing themselves in a new light today. And that was What's Trending This Hour. Let's get into some entertainment news, Ryan. Okay, so Brittany is speaking out. She is saying her truth. We just talked about it last hour, but now we have an exclusive clip coming from uh, the actual hearing, and we're about to hear Brittany's voice. She has really been saying it all. She has not, she has not held back. Um, everyone is reporting on it. It's, it's absolutely insane. If you're not familiar, if you didn't hear last hour, she is speaking to the judge to end her conservatorship, to end all the control that is happening underneath her and everything happening in her life. Um, here is a clip from her speaking to the judge. Um, and I have a couple of other quotes at when, once this clip is done. Here we go. Um, so basically, this conservatorship is doing me way more harm than good. Um, I w- I deserve to have a life. I've worked my whole life. I deserve to have a two to three year break and just, you know, do what I want to do. Um, but I do feel like um, there is a crunch here. And I feel like um, I feel open and I'm okay to talk to you today about it. But I, I wish I could stay with you on the phone forever. Because when I get off the phone with you, all of a sudden, all of I hear, I hear all these no's. No, no, no. And then all of a sudden I get I feel ganged up on and I feel bullied and I feel left out and alone and I'm tired of feeling alone. I deserve to have the same rights as anybody does by having a child, a family, any of those things and more so. Um, And that's all I wanted to say to you. And thank you so much for letting me speak to you today. 
Um, That's explosive. She also revealed, she says she's, uh, quote, I have an IUD in my body right now that won't uh, let me have a baby and my conservators won't let me go to the doctor to take it out. You know, we're learning a lot here and I think um, after all of those videos that we've seen on her Instagram of her d- doing quick little Q&A saying that she's fine and, and nothing's wrong, all of that's being revealed that that was not the truth and Brittany has not been happy for a very long time. Time. Um, so, yeah, it's free Britney all the way here, and I'm just happy she gets the chance to speak, and I hope the judge does the right thing because, honestly, this is the first time I feel like we've heard her completely lucid in a very while, like, in a yeah. long time. And she's yep. ready. She's under control of herself, and, um, yeah, there's just a lot that's been revealed, and we're going to keep reporting on it as more comes out because things are coming out. Oh my goodness, I cannot believe that. We're hearing Britney speak. It's like, this is kind of like history and monumental. And we're, I think we're going to have to have a necessary conversation uh-huh. about why conservatorships even exist and what's the point of them. Because I don't get it. I don't understand it. And it seems like toxic um, all the way. And so... Including when you're an able person. Yes. And I didn't mean, I tweeted that and someone said it's literally ableism. That's the reason why. So, you know, conservatorships exist. But... Um, that's it for your T-Report. As of now, I got more coming up next hour. Now, uh, more on the trauma therapy EMDR being praised by the likes of Prince Harry. We're going to share that next. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house and owning it. Having an advocate who can help you navigate negotiations, timelines, inspections, and more can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. As Prince Harry opened up up to Oprah in the mental health docuseries, The Me You Can't See, he revealed that he had used the trauma therapy EMDR. And one writer is opening up about using this herself and how it actually works. So happy to have Dr. Christina Wyman back with us on the show. What's going on? Hi there, Shira and Ryan. It's so good to be back. Thanks for having me. Yes, you always write about such interesting stuff, and this is definitely one of those things. So uh, first up, what is EMDR? How does it work? Okay, so so let's just keep in mind, I am the patient and not the expert. Yes. I can only speak from that perspective. Um, EMDR, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing therapy, right? Those are, that's the name of it. Um, 
So my layperson understanding is that this therapy is designed to help people reprocess um, these sort of traumatizing stored life events. So in my case, for example, that would be um, childhood-related things that um, have been traumatizing and have kind of stuck with me because I never coped with those things. I never processed those things fully. Um, and when you don't process trauma, it it stays with you. And in some cases, you just, you, you respond in maladaptive ways and, and you continue to respond in maladaptive ways. So in my case, I had, um, I had issues with flashbacks and PTSD and, and those kinds of things. So EMDR was designed to help me through some key childhood episodes that I needed to work through even as an adult four decades later. So how does it actually work with the therapist, though? I know you said what it means, but like when you're yeah. there in the room. Yeah. So I, I can tell you, um, so I, I, I don't know the exact mechanisms behind why it works. I can just kind of walk you through uh, my experiences with her. She has what is actually a tool, and not everyone uses this, and it's not totally necessary, but she has a tool. It's called a... Um, it's a light bar. It's a pulsating light bar. And the thing actually vibrates and it lights up and, and it is, uh, you focus on this. You use your eyes to focus on this thing as your therapist walks you through um, a traumatic episode, some sort of episode that you want to work on. So, she asks you to recall something that is that remains deeply troubling to you, something you still struggle with. And as you are going back in your mind, recalling this episode, um, in my case, I have this pulsating light bar and I'm just working with this light bar at the same time that I'm working with this memory, this episode. And she walks you through it. She yeah. engages how you feel. Um, so and really, uh -huh. go ahead. No, I was, I was just going to say, because we don't, this is really interesting. Obviously, a lot of people are talking about this now that Prince Harry has come out saying yeah. he uses it. Does it work? And I know there are some, obviously, a lot of people that are skeptical and there's controversy around it. Um, I, you know, I think the controversy, I don't know the extent to which it still exists. Um, it has been described as outdated. So I think perhaps the skepticism and controversy was more so at a time when the therapy wasn't as well understood as it is today, because it sounds to me, and again, this is my layperson understanding after my own layperson research into this, um, there are lots of therapists who use this therapy. And when I came out with my article, people were coming out of the woodwork, people I've known for years talking about how this therapy worked for them too. So it seems to me like there are a lot of people who have experienced this therapy. Um, as far as the skepticism and controversy, I, I don't know. I can only say that I've been through several sessions of this and um, for me, it is like night and day. Wow, okay. 
That's amazing. Well, it does range from $445 to $890. And the training, actually, for patients, is up to $200 per session. So really interesting stuff. If anyone's going through uh, trauma therapy, you know, we like to talk about what's happening out there in mental health and wellness. So this is definitely one of those interesting conversations. Uh, Dr. Christina Wyman, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. And also, check out uh, your forthcoming novel. It's called Jawbreaker. So exciting. That's great. Yes, thank you. (laughs) Now coming up, we have Jalen McKee Rodriguez joining us. Texas's first black gay lawmaker ever elected to office. That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. While Texas has several queer lawmakers and LGBTQ plus people of color serving in its legislature, the state has never previously elected a gay black man to office until now. And Councilman Jalen McKee Rodriguez joins us now on Let's Go There. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Oh, my God. We're, we're excited to have you. I mean, this is historic. You are an icon. What does this mean for you, this win? Oh my gosh, it's, um, I think what it comes down to is one of the reasons I ran for office is that I don't feel represented in a number of ways. Um, being, being young, being black, uh, being gay, um, there's not enough people like me in office. And so I think this is a step forward in representation for so many of us. No, it really is. And let's talk about how you even decided to run because you had to quit your old job over allegations of homophobia. Talk a little bit about that because I feel like there's like a little uh, sweet revenge moment that happened. (laughs) Yes. So, um, so the, I used to work for the, my predecessor, um, the councilwoman before me and her chief of staff, um, it was a very difficult six months in the office. He was, you know, I do allege homophobia. It was clear actions. I um, outlined and sent the councilwoman my complaints, let her know what was going on in the office, um, comments about my hair, clothes, um, you know, if I would dance with seniors, it, was, it wasn't manly, comments like that. And um, oh. so I, I explained to the councilwoman what was going on and, Nothing happened, and I ended up being retaliated against. I got moved offices, uh, roles associated with my job were being taken away, and it was just really hard to uh, to do my job. And so I took a break from politics and got back into teaching because I'm a high school math teacher as well. And so uh, I was originally going to look for somebody else to run, but when you think about these things, when you think about you know not being represented and not having a voice, not having someone who's gay, black, young on the dais, um, that kind of, you know, if you want to see something done, do it. Yes. I mean, that is true. And how easy was then the run? I mean, I'm sure you had a lot of challenges. (laughs) Absolutely. I think I came in and I was an underdog uh, because of my age, because, you know, I'm not as, I wasn't, I didn't have a big name. I'm not related to any politicians to, you know, I'm not wealthy elite. Um, and I think anytime a regular working class person runs for office, they have those challenges. Right. And so off the bat, that was, that was one of the big challenges, but we can we fund, we out fundraised everybody, every what? single reporting period. Yes, we did. Um, but people still didn't take us seriously until we ended up showing them, you know, the results, which was knocking on doors and speaking to voters directly multiple times. And that's what wins elections. And I think that's yeah. what 
working class people are proving is that you don't have to have these $500 max contributions from wealthy business owners and developers. You get the $5 donations from your neighbor down the street. And that's what sustains our campaigns. Um, I think also the system is designed to prevent working class, regular people from running for office. Um, It's really hard to have a full-time job and campaign and to not be able to invest money into the campaign. You really do have to rely on small dollar donations. So um, I'm going to be looking into a lot of finance reform and things that are going to remove those barriers for future people running for office. So let's talk about like a city council position, right? Because I think a lot of people don't understand the importance of those local elections and how they do play such a huge part in our everyday lives. So talk about a little bit what you want to accomplish and why people should be most definitely participating in these local elections. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So city council and these local elections really do have the most day-to-day impact on all of our lives. Um, city council, you know, we're responsible for zoning. So the types of businesses and the types of, uh, buildings that can be built in your neighborhood, um, the public safety. So contracts with the police and fire. So a lot of, uh, police accountability is going to be a huge part of, um, the budget negotiate, the budget negotiations and contract negotiations with SAPD. And I am so excited to be a part of that. We need, (laughs) you know, uh, especially following George Floyd and following a lot of what we're seeing around the country. We want accountability. We want police reform. And that's the city council is a huge way to accomplish that Um, as well. Different policies that affect workers, such as non-discrimination ordinances, um, paid sick and family leave, different things like that. People, uh, a lot of people don't realize that city council has so much influence on what goes on in our in the cities. Definitely. And and how are you dealing with the fact that the faith community has still kind of tried to target you? I know you've been tweeting about that even as you continue to do this great work. I mean, you won, so screw them. <laughs> <laughs> so I I actually did have a lot of support from the faith-based community. Um but there's, you know, the vocal minority is the one that <laughs> that uh, often makes, they make the most noise, and so they get the attention. There was a couple pastors who are making uh, some pretty rough comments about, you know, voting for me would be a sin, or that somebody like me could never represent them, and that's always hard to hear, but I think as a society, we've moved beyond that, Mm -hmm. and they got way, I think there was a lot of uh, backlash on my end because I made it public, But if you don't make it public, no one realizes there's an issue. And so now that we're identifying that as an issue, they have to change. They have to change their ways and the way that they uh, treat and talk about people who aren't like them or things that they used to think were taboo when they were younger, all of those things. Well, you you get an early Yaz queen from us, by the way. Um, (laughs) Thank you. It's a big deal. It's as Ryan says, it's the Oscars of our, our show. Yeah, I thought oh, she was going to let me give it so to you. Oh, I wasn't sure if you were going to do it. <laughs> you have to do the Yas Queen. Yeah. Oh, Queen. Yas Queen. You're <laughs> Not you. No, but you're you're great. You don't have to do any of the work because you're a fabulous human being. But oh, I we're, tried. We're so <laughs> proud of you. We're so lucky. Like we're one. We're we're honored and we're really looking forward to looking forward into your political career because I, it just starts here. And I know you're going to turn it around and you're going to do some really incredible stuff. So thank you for being you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. 
That was Councilman Jalen McKee Rodriguez, Texas's first black gay lawmaker ever elected to office. We'll be back with more of Let's Go There After This, where we're talking about Karen the movie. Are we ready? That's next. Let's Go There with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. Welcome back to the show. Okay, are you ready for Karen the movie? No. I mean... I can't believe this is happening. I think we reported when they first started developing this, and I think we thought it was a bad idea. Way back then. Yeah, probably. Well, it is a thriller by Coke Daniels. It's going to air on BET. Orange is the new black star. Taryn Manning plays the lead role of Karen, who's described as a racist, entitled white woman in the South who terrorizes her new black neighbors. Here's uh, some of the trailer. I guess this is a long way from East Point. Baby, you just gotta give it a chance. Tell me about your new neighbors. They're black. <laughs> Do you mind keeping it down? If you don't comply, I'll tell the manager. Somebody's taking home security serious. Hi! I am Karen Drexler, I'm your neighbor. You need to be taking your trash cans off the curb right when the trash is picked up. Okay, then it gets into a downward spiral. Karen, the movie, you know how it ends or it continues. Uh, so, um, you know, as a as a white woman, I was even triggered watching this. <laughs> to be honest, um, what, what triggered you? Um, watching a white person and a human just being horrible to other humans and continuing to watch. Did you just what all we, lives matter. This to a black uh, to black individuals, and also. The fact that we have to report about this daily, like, do we really need a fictionalized movie about it when it's real? It just feels wrong at every level. And I know Coke Daniels... Was there a question mark at the end of You know, so what's your take on it? Nothing. I'm not talking about this. I don't want to. I really don't. This is stupid. This movie is dumb. Well, that's your take. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) I, I mean... Yeah. Yeah. Taryn Manning said, I felt a social responsibility to take on this role, even if I had to play the villain to affect change around the globe. Then I was more will- more than willing to step into the role. What's been going on is devastating. It's time for a change and for me to be part of the bigger picture meant a lot to me. Her character on Orange is the New Black would probably ha- have more of a, uh, of effect on the world than this movie will. I'm so sick of these like Jordan Pill ripoff movies that just continue to traumatize people of color everywhere. It, this is stupid. Yeah, uh, and so you, do you think this is like his play? Coke Daniels is trying to do a Jordan Peele here, and Who it's is not it? working. Coke Daniels, he's a black man, um, and BET obviously thought this was appropriate. Uh, for their viewership and their viewers as well. So, I mean, I think... Write a letter. Write a letter. Uh, change.org petition. There you go. Let us know what you, you think about this. can't make the jokes this. here. I'm, I'm going to make the joke. I mean, there's a lot here. So, uh, let us know what you think, as always, at LGT Shows, where you can find us on social media. Karen the Movie. Are you into it or not? Coming up, what Elton John is doing before he officially retires. That's next on What's Trending This Hour. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. Welcome back to the show and coming up, why we admire do-gooders but don't want to date them. That's in 15 minutes. Well, you know, I feel like that is such a, like, awful headline because 
yes, everyone loves a bad boy or a bad per like not a bad, bad person. <laughs> but you a- know, like someone with a little edge. But I feel like that's just good people out there exist too. Well, why aren't we attracted to them? Those answers in a moment. Yeah. Plus the details on Elton John's farewell concert. That's in the Tea Report with Ryan. Oh. But let's get into some what's trending this hour. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Uh, A Trump supporter who spent 10 minutes inside the U.S. Capitol during the January 6th insurrection was sentenced to probation today, avoiding jail, becoming the first rioter to learn their punishment in the riot investigation. At a hearing in D.C. federal court, Judge Royce Lambert said the insurrection was a disgrace and forcefully rebuked the utter nonsense coming from some Republican lawmakers and other right-wing figures who are whitewashing what happened. He added, I don't know what planet they were on. And he didn't mention any names. Of course, recent releases of videos from the attack, quote, will show, and this is what he said, will show the attempt of some congressmen to rewrite history that these were tourists walking through the Capitol is utter nonsense. But meanwhile, D.C. police officer Michael Fanone, who was beaten unconscious during the insurrection, told CBS this morning he and other officers feel abandoned by Congress following January 6th. Here's the clip. What? We have a we. You could go. Yeah, we actually. Th- this well, guy spoke out on CBS this morning. I don't think we're gonna we play we it. can't play it right now. But basically, um, it's hard to watch him talk about this. As on the other side of it, we're talking about these folks getting away with what happened. So it's pretty heartbreaking. Now, an individual dressed as Spider-Man gifted Pope Francis their own Spider-Man mask during a visit to the famous Vatican today. The Spider-Man fan and cosplayer, 27-year-old Mattia Villardita of Northern Italy, was invited to the Vatican and given a VIP seat and audience section of the Vatican's San Damaso Courtyard. Um, While this is an unusual way to dress up as your favorite Marvel hero while paying a visit to the Pope, um, he was given this VIP VIP seat due to his impressive efforts in cosplaying while visiting sick children in various hospitals. Love that. And so this video is making its way around the web, showing Pope Francis, you know, shaking the hands of Spider-Man. It's it's cute. And that was What's Trending This Hour, What's Happening in Entertainment News, Ryan. All right, so Drake Bell. Oh, my goodness. You know, we talked about him going through some charges that was related to a child incident. Um, well, we're finding out more news because he pleaded guilty today uh, to charges related to an incident involving a 15-year-old girl. It's time for the T-Report, those pop culture stories trending right now. The first charge, attempted in child endangerment, is classified as a felony, while the second, uh, disseminating matter harmful to juveniles, is a misdemeanor. We're not really sure what happened here. No one really knows what's kind of going on. Um, But he is involved in something. It says Bell had sent the girl inappropriate social media messages, violating, um, in doing so, (laughs) he violated his duty of care and risk harm to the team. Like, I, I don't, he met her. Um, he met the girl who is now an adult online, and and she then attended one of his concerts in Cleveland in 2017. They allege, and so that is when he was sending her inappropriate messages uh, when she was younger. And they're saying like, "Oh my God, this is not good." Um, of course, it's not good, right? He's actually, you know, remember he was on our show, right? Yeah, it was awkward. I did. Do you remember it was awkward was, and his partner was here with him? His, his partner yeah. was here, yes. And I was like, I was actually really excited to meet him. I remember that. I was really excited to meet him. Because, I mean, I grew up watching his show. And he was not nice. Sorry. Not sorry. There he was something was awful. off. 
he was he wore sunglasses the entire time and it was one of those moments where it's like don't meet anyone that you liked when you grew up. Yeah, it was disappointing. It was very disappointing, but um, clearly he's going through his own thing. So um, <laughs> that's your tea report. I am done spilling right now. I got more. We actually, next hour, I have another exclusive clip coming out of the Free Britney moment of what she has to say. Another clip of her talking to the judge. Stick around for that because you do not want to miss it. Okay, well, ever find yourself loving that good person, but you don't want to date them? We'll tell you why you make those bad decisions next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We might admire people who are moral, but dating them is a different story, according to studies done by Molly Crockett, who's an associate professor of psychology at Yale University. She joins us right now. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, so I love this. Of course, uh, both of us here on the show are good, are fans of The Good Place, which really looks at oh, yeah. um, ideas and concepts like this. But what interested you in this topic and specifically looking at relationships around this? Yeah, so I mean, one of the most interesting things about this work is that it shows, you know, we really care about whether our friends and social partners are moral, but there are lots of different ways to be moral. And I think what The Good Place shows really well is that, you know, a lot of moral dilemmas don't have simple solutions, right? So we started doing some studies looking at whether there are particular types of morality that people find more attractive in social partners. And I want to acknowledge my collaborator, Jim Everett, who did this work with me um, at Oxford when we were both here there. He's a professor at the University of Kent now. So when you're looking at this, what what did you find? Was it people? Do people just hate good people, and they're just like, oh, it, do- it doesn't get up for me? Well, for them. <laughs> you no. Know, so we looked at a distinction between two types of morality that philosophers have been debating for hundreds of years. Um, so one type of morality is is called utilitarianism, and and that basically says that you should try to help all human beings on the planet equally, and you shouldn't favor the well-being of people who are especially close to you. Another type of morality um, called deontological morality um, says that actually we do have special obligations to some people in our lives, and it's okay to favor people in your family, your friends, over distant strangers. And philosophers still can't agree on whether there's like a right answer to these kinds of questions. But what we found is that when it comes to dating someone or being friends with someone, we do prefer our close social partners to take a deontological approach to favor us over distant strangers. And we're, you know, we admire people who say, oh, you know, it's, it's important to care for all human beings on the planet equally. We think those people are moral, but when given the choice, we would rather not date them. Yeah, because if they're not showing up for you, it's a different story, right? It's like... Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah that's so interesting. And even a therapist might say, well, what are they running away from, right? Because there's an, a difference between connecting with the masses or like the uh, altruism and then intimacy, right? There's a, It's exactly. different. Yeah, it's so interesting. So what is a consequentialist, though? Because you bring that up within this article as well. Yeah, so consequentialism and utilitarianism are often used interchangeably. There are some subtle differences between those two uh, 
few terms, but um, essentially a consequentialist or utilitarian uh, says that um, the morally right action is the action that creates the greatest good for the greatest number of people and doesn't favor any one person over another person. So if you are um, faced with a dilemma about whether to, you know, spend a day helping, you know, two dozen homeless people in your community or staying home with a parent who's sick, a consequentialist would say, well, you should go help all of those homeless people because that's more people and it's better to do the most good possible. But a deontologist would say, no, you have an obligation to your parents to take care of them when, when they're sick. So what do we do with this information then? You've, you've shared a lot of interesting stuff. What can the every person learn from this moral philosophy as it relates to their relationships? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> what we do is we study how people respond to, to, to these types of scenarios and, and describe what's going on. But um, philosophers are more in the business of giving advice, I think. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well, a lot to wrap our minds around, and it makes some sense why um, why people might make these types of decisions with who they date. That was Molly Crockett, Associate Professor of Psychology at Yale University. Have a great night. Thanks. Now coming up, Ryan, you spoke to Glisten recently. Yes, I sure did speak to Glisten because this uh, Pride Month we are highlighting some amazing organizations. So stick around. We have a great conversation with Glisten coming right up. Don't go anywhere. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. All right, we are joined by uh, Glisten Seattle's Rachel Bernardino uh, from the Glisten Seattle chapter. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm so happy to, to get to talk to you for a little bit. Me too. I am so happy to be here and have this opportunity to chat with you today. So talk to us a little bit about the mission of Glisten. So at Glisten, we're really working towards creating an inclusive and affirming schools. We see a world where every student is celebrated and loved for exactly who they are as they are. Yeah, and I, 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 we all know that Glisten is a, is a national um, organization, but what locally, what are some of the resources that you provide locally? One of the really cool things we do that's one of my favorite things to do is um, professional development for teachers specifically, um, all the way through K-12, as well as other educators like administrators, office staff, um, classified staff in schools as well. Um, and we do that for pretty much any educator that comes to us and wants us to come to their school to do that. Um, we also have resources around policy making and things like that, which is very important as GLSEN does actually. GLSEN Washington has helped instrument um, a few different policies in the state of Washington as far as transgender student rights and things like that. Mm-hmm. And we also really, like this doesn't even begin to touch the resources we have that promote like a lot of student leadership. And it's so incredible to know the work that y'all are doing on a daily basis. And I, I also find it very interesting on how organizations like Glisten and even locally, y'all pivoted during the pandemic and now. Yes, it was definitely a big pivot. I started with Glisten after the pandemic had started. So this is what I know um, of our Seattle, Washington chapter. Um, we really switched to a lot of virtual online programming and online trainings, like I mentioned before. One of the other really cool programs we were able to do, even without being in person, though, was the Rainbow Library. Hmm. Um, We were able to, we were one of the first um, state expansions of the Rainbow Library. It's now a national program, which is very exciting. But we were able to send over 240 sets of books to K-12 schools across the state 
And each one of those sets has 12 LGBTQ plus affirming books. And we were able to do this all through virtual marketing and things like that and basically do it even though the pandemic was happening and we didn't have our normal in-person type events and things. Wow. I mean, my younger self is like jumping for joy because if I would have had like a, a rainbow library to like just reaffirm who I was, like that's incredible. Can you break down what that is? Because that's the first time I'm even, even hearing about that. And I know so many listeners are probably like, what is that exactly? Because it's national. Glisten picked it up as a national project. We were working with them when they were their own nonprofit um, based kind of thing. And what we do is we have four different sets of books through elementary levels, middle school levels, and then high school levels. And we have these sets of 10 books that a school can just sign up for and then receive for free funded through Glisten, through Glisten Washington specifically this past time. We're looking at national now. So these schools basically get this free box of books to set up their own rainbow library. They get a poster to go with it to advertise it and everything. Yeah, I think that's so awesome. Um, but there, are there any other local organizations that you all like to partner with, specifically in Seattle? We've partnered with a lot of different organizations. One, not technically an organization, but we have partnered with the Office of Superintendent of Public Instruction to provide clock hours for some of the training we do. Oh, wow. The actual exciting partnership that I really like that is a little less, like, administrative um, is we often work with and um, collaborate with Lambert House for youth programming and things like that. Um, Lambert House is a Seattle-centered space for LGBTQ youth. Right now, I believe they're offering um, programming seven days a week virtually, so that's definitely something to check out and something we really, really like to send our students that are needing a little more support. We love to be able to hand them off very gently to Lambert House and know that they'll be taken care of there. Yeah, that's so beautiful. So talk to us a little bit about your partnership with T-Mobile. So it was also very exciting to see T-Mobile go to the national level of sponsorship because we have sponsored locally with T-Mobile in the past. Um, They, a few years ago, I believe, really helped with um, our youth leadership conference that we do every year. Um, We host a day-long Saturday youth leadership conference for LGBTQ youth and then educators who also want to come and learn and then we keep those student educator tracks separate so folks can learn what they're supposed to kind of thing we now know that a lot of of this national sponsorship as well is going to go towards the rainbow library which will i'm very excited to see yeah and t-mobile believes pride powers our future so how is glisten making that happen with the work that you do every day glisten empowers youth leadership and that is our future i think Woo! Short and sweet and perfect. That's how I like it. Uh, we, we are so proud to work with T-Mobile and Metro by T-Mobile to bring organizations like Glisten, the Seattle chapter, to our Channel Q family. T-Mobile and Metro by T-Mobile are committed to empowering changemakers in the community because we're unstoppable together. T-Mobile and Metro by T-Mobile believe that pride powers our future. And for more information, go to T-Mobile.com slash pride. And of course, to learn more about everything that Glisten is doing, Go to glisten.org. Thank you so much, Rachel, for joining me. Thank you so much. We'll be back with more Let's Go There after this. Let's Go There with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q.
You might have noticed something at your favorite restaurants. Well, they are raising their costs. They're being faced with higher food and labor costs. So that is causing menu prices to move up fast, you know, in terms of pricing more than ever before. Well, everything is going up. It's not just food. It it feels like gas is like I'm seeing gas go to four to five gallons. I'm just like, what is happening here? I know we're coming out of the pandemic and life is happening again. But like, I'm, my bank account is not prepared to have to spend all this money again. I was like, I'm ready for another quarantine. Right? There, there was were some perks from not spending as much yeah. money. I mean, yeah, Chipotle, and we reported about this. Their prices have gone up as much as five percent in the past few weeks. Like fast food companies, it's not going to be as cheap fast food anymore. No. Nope. Uh, and a lot of it is, you know, it's it's not just because obviously a lot of these companies lost money during the pandemic. And they they're having a hard time hiring people, so they're increasing, you know, the the salaries. They're giving more benefits, so with that, they have more costs. But also, the cost of goods is increasing, and a lot of that is because of the scarcity. Well, and you also have to think like why some of these bigger like corporations who are like doing this raising, especially food corporations who are raising money. One, did they not just get a whole bunch of money like from the government to like try to help them keep afloat? That, and so, just, that just filled some gaps. Um, I don't know. For these major yeah. corporations, it feels like everyone was lazy and, and didn't have enough um, like, I don't know, smarts to make sure they had a rainy day fund for something like this. And so for me, it just sucks that regular people have to be the, the people who have to Victims. deal with the prices of things like skyrocketing because no everyone's trying to recover it's not just them of course well will this stop you from eating out knowing that food is more expensive it probably will because i don't need to eat out anyway and i've just went grocery shopping and even when i went to grocery shopping Uh everything was increased there so like yeah i don't know i just i gotta pick i can't have both right now i'm not in that stage in my life where i can have both like some of you rich folks out there well yeah even if you're not going out to restaurant guess what your bills, your grocery bills are going to be more expensive yeah. because of everything. I'm telling you, it's a domino effect. So something's got to give. I'm worried to see the short and long-term consequence of this. I feel like we're just starting to really talk about this, and it is worrisome. It so, is, for sure. You know, let us know what you think about all this. Is this impacting you? What are you going to do? At LGT Shows, where you can find us on social media. But coming up, why Uber Eats is apologizing to trans drivers. That's next on What's Trending This Hour. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We are wrapping up the show as we always do with our Yes Queen of the Day. Yes Queen. I can't believe it. Fourth of July is almost here. And it'll be interesting to see how folks celebrate America this year. But Old Navy is actually doing it a bit differently. They want to amplify the values of diversity and inclusivity that make this country special. And so it's dedicating this year's flag t-shirt that they have to newly naturalized American citizens, some of whom are representing or celebrating, I mean, the holiday for the first time. So the design not only includes the names of the 50 states, but also the five U.S. territories written on the stripes of the flag. And it comes for all sizes and a variety of patriotic colors. The brand is also teaming up with nonprofit Welcoming America to gift new citizens tees from the uh, collection and donating $65,000 towards the organization's mission of creating inclusive communities for immigrants. So cool. Additionally, the donation will help fund citizenship celebration events this 4th of July. What an interesting way to do that. I mean... 
it's it's outside the box, uh, but it's the best outside the box that they could do. <laughs> Meaning, like, this shouldn't be outside the box, but it is. Like, yeah. I mean, it's very unique. I yeah. like it. Hopefully, more brands do some cool stuff like that. So, we want to give a shout out to Old Navy. You can get their flag tea on their website right now, starting oh, at five dollars. So Navy. There is even one available for your pets, um, and yeah, or I'm sure in a store as well. I'm triggered. So <laughs> that was our yes. Queen I am of triggered. The day. I used to work for them. Oh well, it was an awful experience. Well, they're they're trying to do better, and it was maybe they're doing better that for where I said I will never go back to retail. You know how many a one dollar flip flop sales I was traumatized by. <laughs> oh my god! And then now look at them growth. They're getting a Yes Queen Award. Yes, or maybe on your we show, just, we Ryan. just settle for the bare minimum. We're, com- we're going full circle on your experience. <laughs> Uh, if you want to nominate, including Ryan, if you want to nominate someone for a Yes Queen of the Day, just slide into our DMs at LGT Show. Can we give an honorary Yes Queen of to course. Britney Spears? Oh, yeah. Britney Spears deserves it. I, just the news coming out, what we've talked about here on the show today. Uh, she's test, you know, she's testified today, and it's just there's just so much going on, and it, it's all free Britney over here. Free Britney. Yeah, I'm surprised Old Navy's not making those T-shirts. No. <laughs> Now coming up on tomorrow's show, live here on Channel Q, 2 to 6 p.m. Pacific, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern, we've got Vincent joining us, who is killing it right now. Some amazing music. We're going to be having him on to talk more about his debut album, There Will Be Tears. So One of my favorite albums of the year. I'm very impressed. And I'm impressed that he has been on our show before, and now he's blowing up. Why are you impressed by that? Because I love when we have... Uh, folks that end up just, you know, taking it to their ne- the next level and they were here. Okay. You know? That's why you listen to the show. You never know who you're going to discover. How long she takes this. <laughs> and if you miss any of our shows or interviews, you can listen to our podcast. Just go to the Odyssey app or where podcasts are available and search Let's Go There. And stick around for Loveline where Dr. Chris is covering first date tips for success. That's next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.